Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Previously on Chaotic Normal, after dealing with the Vampire 3 and escaping out of the Feywild portal, they once again eluded the giant octopus in the river, only to find that Dern, who they had left behind outside of the Gumbo King's sanctum, did not find him where they had left him. Thinking that he had betrayed them and would rally the goblins against them, they decided not to go back the way they came, but into a open cave that they believed would lead to the water and their ship above the surface. We now find the crew traveling that deep, dark, sunless cave with nothing but their breath to keep them safe. Will they escape or will they drown like the pirates they are? Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. This is nothing. I was buried alive once. <laughs> um, I would like to take a second and touch Phil, Jules, and Rubert, and I'll cast Bless on them. Oh, wow. My bonus spell. Thank you. Yeah, since, since, <laughs> Zellnern, since Zellnern can't um, drown. All right. Uh, oh, so, wow. so as, uh, so, uh, like, Celeste, as uh, you're probably not reading your cards because you're swimming in the water, but you're like reminding them of a fortune you read earlier, and that's how you're blessing them. Yeah. Zelnern, you I'm start pointing s- up at the stars and I'm pointing at them. <laughs> it's a rock ceiling, and then you realize they can't see you. Uh, <laughs> Zelnern, you start with a rope around your waist, reading your way through this cavern, uh, narrow and craggy, and, uh, I'm going to need an athletics check just to make... Uh, or, yeah, DC... Actually, you know what? You can't drown, so the speed doesn't really matter. I can hold my breath for one hour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you can't drown unless there's somebody attacking you. So you manage to uh, get your way through the tunnel until it breaches a point deep underwater, maybe 15 feet underwater. The pressure of the water is weighing... Down, or sorry, actually, I guess you'd be... A, you went in. You're at 60 feet underwater here, where this tunnel, maybe 40, where the tunnel pops up because it was moving upwards. And as you emerge out here, brilliant coral surrounds you. You see a few barracudas stalking among the leaves, and as these, this color, this coral is vibrant and beautiful. And there's clownfish, and there's other trumpet fish, and there's other fish whose names I don't know. Uh, and you see like uh, creatures stalking amongst them, and beautiful life, sea anemones all around you, uh, and. And you pull yourself up in and amongst that uh, beautiful spectacle of underwater life. High above you, the bright sun blazes, illuminating all of the water around you in a stunning array of azure color. And it's an incredible sight to behold here. You feel a tug at the rope. Um, the group signaling to you, asking if you're ready for them to start pulling through. Do you knot the rope off on anything else or do you plan to hold it here? I'm going to hold it. I, I tug back. 
so they know oh, so you tell me, yeah. So you signal back to them, and you're sitting here holding it, realizing your axe wouldn't do you much good underwater anyways, and you survey around you. I'm going to let you make a perception check while the group starts working its way through. 19. All right. You're keeping a good watch. Who in the other, the rest of the group goes through first? Is it the Jules-Meepo combo? Is it Rubert, Celeste, or Phil? Uh, Rubert will go. All right, uh, and thanks to the rope, it's no longer an athletics check. It's actually going to be a, uh, a DC-5 con save to see if you can hold your breath long enough to get through there. All right. Uh, 16. Rubert manages to get his way through. Uh, when Rubert, when you pop, or as you're working your way through, uh, Zelnern, you feel somebody pulling along the rope. And with your 19, you spot that there is a shark in and among the coral Whoa. reef. You recall hearing that at low or high as tide starts to come in to the uh, th- uh, three arcanists, sharks love to uh, enter into those shallow waters because the, sh- uh, the fish get trapped within it and have nowhere to flee. And so you see one shark in and amongst the coral. He doesn't seem to have noticed you, but he's there. Soon enough, uh, Rubert comes popping out uh, next to you. Rubert, your lungs are pounding hard. You have not broken to the surface. You've emerged from the caves only to realize you are 40 feet below the uh, surface of the water. Your heart is pounding. We're going to ignore the pressure change thing whose name I'm forgetting. As you look up at you, you realize you still have 40 feet of water to cross before you're able to breathe. You're going to need to make a strength athletic to get out of here without uh, gasping and drowning. Is there a way I can assist by like pushing him up? Uh, you give him a surface to launch off of, sure. So advantage on that, Rubert. Alright. Um, Don't forget oh. the D4. Well, I crit, but total, I got 25. Uh, you are thrown to the surface, and you swim your way up like a fish. You breach the surface, gasping for air and feeling the bright sun against your hair. You are outside of that sunless citadel. You are now in the open water. You look behind you, and you can see the high cliff face of the uh, of this of the uh, Arcanists, the third of the Arcanists uh, towering above you. You see its sharp rocks all about. Um, you realize you're in one of the few narrow berths that probably few people know about. Because recall that it was very shallow land leading up to here, which is why only narrow boats can come. You being a good seafaring man, as you pop up in the water here, it actually dawns on you that you could anchor a ship here, like a a full sailing ship could anchor at the spot you've just found, um, and be within a quick uh, boat ride to shore, rather than needing to, uh, or even like a quick swim to shore, because you're maybe 40 feet from shore, rather than needing to uh, anchor far away and rowing in. That's pretty useful because that makes this a very defensible position because other people don't know how to navigate to this part of the three arcanists. So you take note of this berth that was found. Mm -hmm. Also, like during those last 40 feet, like as he's struggling to breathe or like just like trying to get up as quickly as possible, he's reminded of a memory of when he was on the Golden Maid as a very young boy and his dad teaching him how to swim like they were docked and his dad just tossed him overboard <laughs> and like now like now is your time to learn how to swim <laughs> love it not a good way to teach kids to swim nope. uh, uh, for those of you at home not a good lesson uh so the uh phil celeste jules and meepo you have no knowledge of what's ahead of you who goes next uh hey celeste well can i do anything to assist celeste since she blessed me you Not know? really, because she oh, has okay. to. She has to navigate that tunnel alone. Okay, um, heart of the cards. You got the. <laughs> so Celeste, you're <laughs> supposed to go first. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> All right, uh, you dive into the water, grabbing onto the rope to pull your way through. It's a I'm DC like, five con save to get your DC way through five. without drowning. I'm really relying on the fact that the stars have blessed me, so I'm like reminding myself that the whole way. All right, con save is 15. 
Hell yeah. Uh, Celeste, you too manage to get your way out, and when the tunnel opens, you expect, oh, I'll be in open air. You reach Zelnurn only to realize you're 40 feet below the water. You see the same beautiful vista, but unlike Zelnurn, who's sitting there enjoying it because he can only breath <laughs> another like feet, like hour, uh, you feel the panic, the waiting crush of all that water between you and breath. You throw yourself upwards, kicking with a strength athletics DC 10 to be able to get to the surface before uh, drowning. I'm thinking about what I told me, but I'm like, okay, just be a miser with my breath. <laughs> Ooh, wait, what? Athletics, you said? Strength athletics, Strength yes. Strength athletics. 18. You breach to the surface uh, with a cough and find yourself maybe 10 feet away from uh, where uh, Rubert is bobbing in the water as well. The two of you have made it out, leaving Phil, Jules, and Meepo to escape. Phil, you going? Uh... Jules, you going last? What do you want to do here, boss? Yeah, I guess um, I guess I'll I'll take the tail. Uh, don't, all right. If I, I don't uh, know if I'm going to be able to, you know, keep an eye on me. I guess from the front. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to do this. Okay, you're going through pitch black. So <laughs> keep a keep a well. I don't know if you if you hear bubbles instead of uh, breathing, then. All right, so Jules, working your magic to keep the water away from you and it splashes up around, Meepo clings to your arms and he says, Meepo doesn't like this. This is bad. This is bad. Meepo is so afraid. I don't like Uh, it either, Meepo, but we'll get through it. And pulling the water away, you step your way into that cave, feeling the rope, the wet, salty rope already covered in like seaweed, like uh, dragging across your face. You do whatever you can to keep contact with it. You can't see it as you work the uh, as you work the uh, water away from you, but you follow the rope. At times, you find there's actually spots you need to like climb up because this elevates maybe 20 feet slippery rock and sand around you you try to push yourself up you feel the weight of meepo kind of dragging you off to the side i need a charisma arcana dc5 to see if you're able to get through here charisma arcana i got okay so initially i was going to fail like i like I sucked out the water too soon and I was going to plunge myself into wetness. Um, but then there's like some kind of force from the back that pushes me into the right area right as I pull out the water. Um, and I get an 18. Hopefully that's enough. Heck yeah, you needed a five. So you oh. managed to weave <laughs> the water around. You get towards that uh, serpent, to like the portal or the hole where the cavern opens up into the coral, where you see Zelnurn standing there waving at you underwater. He's illuminated by the brilliant azure light as the sunlight streams into the water around you. And it is a beautiful sight to behold. Uh, Zelnurn, go to make a perception check for me. 13. 13. Okay. Uh, Zelnern, you've lost sight of the shark in the coral. Uh, however, oh, wow. you, you see Jules break the surface around you. And let's go ahead and see. And Jules, you look up to see you still have to swim 40 feet up. That same panic sets into you. You actually start, and you realize. Uh, and let's see, actually see, is there a weight holding on to your back? I need a DC 10 wisdom saving throw to see if Meepo managed to hold on, or if he got too scared, let go and drowned in the tunnel. He also got guidance. I gave him guidance before I left. You know what? I'm gonna, what's the, uh, what's the amount the guidance gives? Uh, uh, D4. So. Well, I got got an, you know, I'm gonna have you roll because I got an eight on Meepo's wisdom saving throw right now. So. You're going to need to roll a D4. Okay. Roll a D4. If it's a two up, Meepo lives. I got a two. Barely. Just barely, Meepo (laughs) manages to not panic and let go and drown. However, uh, uh, Jules, that means you suddenly feel, you are keenly aware that you're at the bottom of the water here, weaving the water away, barely gasping for air. There's not a lot of air in the pocket that you're pulling as the water is yanked away. You're feeling tired and exhausted, and there's like a 40-pound kobold clinging to your back, and you're not a strong man. Uh, you're not a strong person, so there's a kobold clinging to your back, grabbing so tightly, his little claws digging in, and you look up to the 40 feet above you that you'd have to swim through with this kobold holding onto you. You're going to have disadvantage on your strength athletics to get out of there. 
does uh is there, so there's somebody at the top of the rope is that right uh you're you so the zelnern got to the cave entrance underwater which is where you're at now that's 40 feet below the surface of the water oh zelnern's not up yet well because the rope's not long enough to be oh. back to the entrance of the tunnel and here shoot <laughs> okay all right. Uh, so are you going to abandon Meepo so you don't have disadvantage, or are you going to try and rescue Meepo? I wish there was a way to communicate something. Um, oh, hold on a sec. And oh, Zellner, Zellner be has been launching people up, so he's going to be granting advantage, so you'll have normal on your strength athletics. Got it. Um, oh, he's down here with us. Yeah, so Zelnern's right next to you, greeting you as you come above the water okay. with, with a turtly smile. Oh, I guess with a pocket of air, I say in, you know, gasps of water, you know, <laughs> if you see light, come save me. And then I uh, I tr go for it. All right, you let the water collapse down on you. Meepo screams as he goes, uh, and you launch yourself into the air. Uh, Zelnern grabs you and throws you upwards to the water, but the thrashing kobold is drowning, tearing at you in absolute terror as you pull yourself above the water with a sharp-scaled uh, child-sized creature scrabbling desperately for any grip. Uh, I need a strength athletics from you. Zelnern's force giving you advantage, but Meepo dragging you back for disadvantage. Uh, I got a... With a luck die, a 10. Uh, you reach the surface just barely, uh, and as you break the surface, you realize that Meepo has stopped thrashing. He is unconscious and drowning and dying on the surface here, but you and, uh, Celeste and, uh, you, Celeste and Rubert are at the top. Uh, Celeste and Rubert, you immediately notice the signs of Meepo drowning there, uh, limply hanging off of Jules as Jules breaks the surface, gasping for air. While drowning, giving him hit points won't do anything for Meepo. He needs somebody to actively get the water out so that he can breathe. Can I spare the dying on him? Uh, he So it's basically he is suffocating and uh, 5e suffocation rules. It is basically when a creature runs out of breath or is choking, it can survive for a number of rounds equal to its con mod. Meepo has a uh, negative con mod, so it was minimum <laughs> oh. one. At the start of his next turn, he drops to zero hit points and is dying, and he cannot regain hit points or be stabilized until he can breathe again. Okay, and there's currently I, water in his lungs. Can I, I... I kind of, like... Once I figure out what's going on, like, I try to stabilize him, and he's not do, working, and I'm like, what's going on? And I realize there's water in his lungs, and I kind of reach in... Uh, and I, I shape water the water out of his I'll let, you, I'll let you do a charisma-based medicine to see if you just grab that water and not, like, the necessary <laughs> liquid. Sorry, Meepo. Oh, God. What have I, I become? That, uh, make it charisma-based. Charisma-based. What kind of Medicine. Check? Medicine check. Yeah. Okay. That's going to be... Oh, a six. Oh no. Uh, Meepo continues to cough and die. You didn't make it worse, but you didn't make it better. Celeste Rubert, do you try to intervene at all? Yeah, I'll run up and try to like hit his back or like squeeze him a bit to try to get the water, get him to cough up the water. All right, that's just going to be a regular wisdom medicine as you're bobbing in the water there. These are ability checks, so bless and uh, yeah, bless applies. Um, I was not. Blessed, oh, you were not. But blessed. I got fifteen. Oh, I was blessed. <laughs> you managed oh, yeah, to blessed. get the water out of Meepo, who coughs forward, which is good because I had just rolled a critical miss on his death or dying saving, oh. so he was going to be one step from death. He coughs forward and is still unconscious, but he can breathe again. He gasps for air and is stable, laying there on Jules's shoulders as Jules fights fiercely to kick on the water, trying to keep both of your weight up. I like uh, pat him on the head and I look at Jules and be like, don't forget, Jules. Remember the stars are with us. Oh, Remind him he's blessed and I like Celeste. give him some distance. Meanwhile, uh, Phil, you are the only one down in the cave. Did you follow with or do you have Phil's grand adventure elsewhere in the cave to do? <laughs> <laughs> some might think I do have Phil's grand adventure. Uh, Phil does, in fact, consider his grand adventure. So does Phil go off on a grand adventure and you reroll no. a new character because you can no. eat by goblins? Or... No, um, I take off my hat, I take my arcane firearm and my shield, and I put them 
in my bag of holding. Wait, your hat? You mean you take off Gel and Prime Water's hat? Yeah, I take off Gel and Prime Water's. It's my hat. It's my hat, dude. Don't worry about it. Um, and I'm going to make the ascent. But uh, what did we decide on for peg leg? It's been so long. Was it minus uh, five? No, for... it's disadvantage on athletics. Yeah, bad man. All right. Uh, do what do I start with? Is it Arcana or so? It's athletics? you're actually at the beginning. You're just pulling yourself along a rope, so it's just a DC five con save to get out of the cave. Okay, that is an eighteen. You manage to break the cave. You see that same beautiful vista that everyone else does in and amongst the vibrant coral. Uh, Zellner make a perception check in and amongst the vibrant coral. Uh, the bright, brilliant, radiant azure light all about you as the light streams through the crystal clear water. You see your friends kicking in the water 40 feet above, and you realize you have to swim upwards 40 feet with a peg leg. Uh, Zellner, what was your uh, perception? 13 was my last one. Did you just make one that got 13? No, I, I didn't just make one. Make a new Let one. Let me roll again. Yes. 10. You still can't find the shark anywhere. Uh, there was a shark. You don't know if he noticed you, but he disappeared into the blue ether around you. Is he in the coral near you? You don't know. Uh, Ru- uh, Phil has just popped up, peg-legged and all, and looked up to see that he has to swim all the way up with his peg leg. You grab hold of him, Zellner, and you thrust him upwards. Uh, Phil, we need a uh, strength athletics. Uh, It's normal because you have disadvantage and advantage. It's an eight. You have bless, right? You have bless. Oh, what do I add for bless? A D4. D4. Oh, I do that thing. Let me add it. Fishing for a 10, or else you're going to have to make a save against drowning. It became a 12. Hey, uh, thanks to uh, a very well-timed use of Bless on the uh, behalf of uh, of Celeste, you managed to get to the surface and, Phil, kicking desperately with your peg leg, you switch over to your arms, and you're able to get to the surface and uh, be there. Zellner, there's no real risk of you drowning, so you just throw yourself upwards and begin swimming until you're at the surface. Uh, you break the surface where everyone's still gasping, and uh, you get up there and you're just, you know, gentle breath in, breath out, and it's not a problem. You have all escaped the Sunless Citadel, tucked away in what's hopefully an oil skin that's waterproof inside of uh, Rubert's clothing, is the Panacea. You look back at the, uh, third, the third Arcanist towering above you, and you realize if you were to get over to that surface and crawl your way along it, you'd be able to find the crag you disappeared in through. Get your ship and get on out, or get the Naughty Dreams and get on out of here. Back to Port Providence. Where with this panacea in hand, you can turn it over to uh, Master Gellin Primewater, and he'll invest in a true sailing ship for you, in which you can go off on expeditions across the Shattered Isles, splitting 40% of everything you earn and find with Gellin Primewater, keeping 60% for yourselves, and you can become legitimate explorers. If only you get this back to Port Providence. I would never want to rush anyone, but... Um, there is a shark possibly stalking us right now. What? Why did you not say anything sooner? Oh my because God. we were underwater. I try and <laughs> swim away <laughs> as soon fair. as possible. All right. Well, as long as none of us are bleeding and I look down at my open wounds. <laughs> <laughs> you are all gaping with blood. In fact, uh... You spot as the fin breaches the surface near you. You look to see the the towering land maybe 40 feet away from you, 30 feet away, and you realize if you can all swim faster than a shark, you can get to that land before the shark can. I'm going to need strength athletics from everyone to see if you can swim to land and away from the shark. Anyone who fails is caught in the open water with the shark. The DC is set by the shark's swim speed. Or not his swim speed, by the shark's... uh, Strength athletics. He's going to go ahead and have advantage on account of being a shark. Is there a? Is there a like a a a cliff or something we're next next to? Are we you're, about, you're about thirty feet away from uh, where the land juts out of the water. Got it. We're totally open water. Okay. Yeah, you're about thirty feet away. Yeah. 
So uh, you start swimming towards it, everyone moving as quick as they can. Did anyone get greater than the shark's 19? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what was the no. what was the roll again? Sorry. Uh, strength athletics. Oh, Lord. That you're again making... Or you no longer have disadvantage because Meepo's just clinging to your back. <laughs> I got a five, so no. I got a six. Nope. Yeah, ten. Fifteen, but still no. All right, uh, this hunter shark catches you all as you splash through the water. I need initiative from each of you. And I think everyone has advantage on initiative. Hell yeah, you weren't surprised. Well, we can't be surprised. That sword's broken, I love it. Oh, I just have advantage on initiative, sorry. Oh. Just me. Oh. Okay. Wow, okay, okay, whatever. Are you going to just take that away? All right. Yeah, that's honestly <laughs> super rude to your friends. Well, I'm okay. We can't be surprised, and the sword wakes us up. <laughs> so let's let's be fair, okay? I'm, I'm doing a lot for all of us. Maybe that's why uh, the captain was so stressed or so frustrated all the time and mean. Is he never got a good night's sleep because he was on a pirate ship, and every time there was danger, the the sword was like, "Hey, wake up, man!" And it's like, dude, I know it's dangerous. I'm a pirate. I'm a pirate. <laughs> There's always danger. <laughs> All right, uh, what was everyone's initiative? The hunter shark got a six. 18. All right, uh, Zelnern. 16. All right, Celeste. 12. Jules. 10. And Phil. 15. All right, you're all faster than the shark, surprisingly. You're all caught up out in the water. You're about, you only made it, because you guys all rolled poorly, you only made it about uh, 10 feet closer to land, so you're still 20 feet away from land. Once you're on land, the shark won't grab you. Like, once you've grabbed that cliff's edge, the shark won't go after you. But you're all 20 feet away. Rubert, what do you do? Recall you swim at half speed. How far away is the shark? Uh, the shark is maybe 10 feet away from you at this point. Uh, all right, I will. I'm gonna dash towards the cliff. All right, you pull yourself as easy, hard as you can, desperately through the choppy water. I need a DC five strength athletics. Uh, six plus one, seven. Rubert, you make it to the cliff's edge and grab it, climbing slightly up. You turn back, and it took your movement and your uh, action to dash there. You turn back to see the shark quit hot on the heels of Zelnern. Zelnern, do you swim to shore? Um, yeah, I'm going to swim to shore because I don't have very much health right now. So um, I do. I, I don't want to get like too far away from anyone in case someone does need help. But I do want to like keep swimming this way. Yeah, you're still. Yeah, because you're about 20 feet still from shore. At most, actually, since it sounds like you're all trying to swim to shore, uh, and you all got better initiative than the shark did, unfortunately for my shark, uh, I'm actually going to let everyone spend their turn making a DC five strength athletics here to see if any if everyone's able to get out of the water. 18. Got a nine with disadvantage. Got a five. Okay, and then Celeste? Got twelve. Everyone manages to get out of the water. The shark's teeth close just behind Jules. He grabs hold of the rock as the shark swims, stalking out in the water. Um, what about Meepo? Uh, Meepo's unconscious on Jules' back. Okay, cool. Hold I just wanted to confirm. <laughs> so, uh, you've made it back to land. Got you, Meepo. Um, the shark's still circling out in the water, but you realize you can shimmy your way across the land here to get back to your boat. Uh, with that excitement, reali excited realization, you do just that, holding onto the craggy rock here in the cliffs and walking on little sand spits that pop out or large rocky outcroppings. You make your way along the uh, coast of the third Arcanus, this towering pillar of rock that juts out of the ground with vines and trees. You can hear faint screams coming from within the jungle as the uh, atop, as the battle between the Lizardiri and the Vortiri spills to the surface. For this battle rages hard, or this war between these two goblin clans rages terribly above. You get your way across uh, and eventually wake, work your way into the uh, rapidly uh, dwindling uh, waterways that surround or that intersperse this island. Recall that the island is basically, uh, what's the word, uh, split into dozens of tiny pillars of stone, or not tiny, smaller pillars of stone by a lattice work of uh, channels that are like 80 feet deep that crisscross it down to the sea floor. Again, 
basically like giant fissures that cracked open when the Everstorm uh, struck. So as you work your way into the fissure that you had left the boat, that you because you recall you had taken the boat down and left it outside the entrance to the uh, to the whatever it's called the uh, the Sunless Citadel here, and you find that same entrance and uh, actually sorry no you didn't quite take it down in there you left it slightly off to the water and then walked in because you didn't want to end up uh, like having goblins look outside and see it. Uh, so you actually find where the Naughty Dreams is sitting there at shore, like in the water, the tide rapidly leaving out. And you're sitting there looking at it, realizing that uh, you have to get there, get on board and man it quickly. However, as you uh, start to like hop into the water to start running through the bay to get to the boat to get it ready to go, you turn and you see maybe 30 feet away sprinting out of one of the chasms is Dern with a pair of goblins at his side. They're not looking at the two of or the, the five of you, four of you. Five of you. Five of you. Six of you, because Meepo. Meepo. They're not yes. looking at the six of you. Instead, they're looking straight at the naughty dreams and running for it full bore. You see that there's a gash across Dern's face. He looks over and sees you and keeps running forward. Clearly, it's a race to see who can reach this boat quicker. You're 30 <laughs> feet away from Dern. What do you do to get to this boat before he can? I run to Dern. <laughs> Oh, so you you crisscross straight to Dern? Yeah. All right, so uh, Jules, you peel off, or not Jules, Rubert, you peel off from the group, sprinting straight towards the Hobgoblin. What do you do when you get towards him mid-sprint? I'm actually going to cast Dissonant Whispers on him. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, so that's a save from him. What's it like? DC 13 Wisdom. As As he's running, he hears a voice in his head. You fucking coward. I knew you would run away. You can't mutiny the mutineers. Uh, he got a five. Uh, your dissonant whispers work. This makes him run the opposite direction, right? Yeah, he runs as far away from me as possible. No! What a loser. Uh, he gets there. He suddenly, his mind racked with the realization of his cowardice, the, 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 the proof of how little honor this once noble hobgoblin has left. He's filled with this, and he he turns and says, I've failed! No! And he turns and starts sprinting in the opposite direction. The two goblins aren't so swayed, though. They He also takes eight psychic damage. Uh, Dern cries out. Uh, he's not dead, but he's wounded. Uh, meanwhile, the two goblins, though, that you've just also run next to, they seem more excited about the idea of stabbing the human man to death. I need yeah, everyone fine. to... Uh, so those two goblins actually they throw their de- scimitars at you right away for 10 to hit and 9 to hit they splash in the water you manage to miss them you see that uh, Rubert has just driven Dern screaming off into the bay while two goblins are trying to kill uh, uh, trying to kill Rubert turning back towards the chasm you look and you see a uh, like basically like a horde of Batiri goblins pouring out. You realize there's a mix of Lizardiri and Bortiri, as if the goblins can't tell what fi- side they're supposed to fight on, but did discover there's people out here with treasure, and they're pouring out of the Sunless Citadel and splashing through the water with uh, scimitars and spears, uh, running towards you, obviously, with the intent to slaughter. Uh, meanwhile, you're still you're running your way towards the boat. There's two goblins trying to kill Rubert. What do you all do, everyone but Rubert? I'll uh, make it, I'll cast Minor Illusion to make it look like there's a giant octopus that wants to eat the gobbies. <laughs> all right, you conjure forth an illusion, slowing the goblins a turn as they stop and uh, throw their spears at it, trying to get it. What about Zelnern, Celeste, and Jules? How do you uh, get to the ship, save Rubert, avoid the goblins? Get to the ship, I will, get to the ship, I will follow you. Oh, you- thorn whip a goblin, like, thorn whip a goblin and keep going towards the ship. All right, so you thorn whip one event. of the... Yeah, you thorn whip one of the goblins that was next to Rubert, making a tack roll against that goblin. Got a nine. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it, you slip in the mud, like the wet sand, and your thorn whip cracks uselessly. It was just like loose kelp that you pulled from the seafloor, even though there's no kelp in the tropic. Anyways, uh, coral rope? I don't know. Uh, old sea cool. ropes. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Zelnern and, uh, and Phil, what do you do? I, I um, on my way to the ship, I want to smack one of the goblins in the head with an axe. 
All right, you rush over towards where Ruber is surrounded by his goblins. Your axe bites into the goblin. Let's try to... Uh, 18 to hit. You easily chop into the goblin. 12 damage. The goblin topples to the ground, a corpse. Uh, you continue. You and Ruber start barreling on towards the, uh, towards the boat. Phil, what about you? Uh, I dash to the ship, and if I can start pulling up anchor... All right, Phil is already on it, heaving the anchor up out of the water. It's pretty shallow now, so it's not much work to yank it on board. There's no capstan or anything in this uh, boat. It's a small uh, dinghy, basically. And then you, Phil hang, uh, hauls it on board. Uh, Rubert, what do you do? I kind of like whip the scimitar out and like do like like dance it between <laughs> my arms, and then like hold it up like between my eyes. And I look at the goblin and I say, today is the day you will always remember when you were thwarted by the aristocrats. And I use my action to disengage. And then you disengage from him as a flourish back to the, uh, back to yep. the ship. All right, you rush back to the ship. The goblin thought you were going to kill him, holds his hands up in defense, and then realizes you fled back to the ship. I'm already 30 feet gone when he looks, when he opens his eyes again. For the moment, the goblin thinks... Have I been given a second shot at life? Should I maybe rethink my values? Why did I try to stab that man? What if I should go with him? Join his crew? And then he turns back to the horde of goblins fast approaching, many of them consumed with this giant octopus, and he thinks, I should stab them and become <laughs> king. And so the goblin grabs up his uh, scimitar and charges forward towards the boat. Uh, he climbs on board the boat, swinging <laughs> wildly as he goes. Uh, he had to dash to get onto it, so he doesn't manage to... Actually, sorry, no, he wouldn't have had to. He was only 30 feet away. He runs straight towards Phil with his scimitar. His blade chops at 16 to hit into Phil. It's a hit. Uh, Phil, the Is goblin... Is that a miss with your... No, I put, infusion? put my shield and everything in my bag. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, Phil, it's, a, it's six slashing damages. The goblin scimitar right. cuts across <laughs> you. Uh, meanwhile, Jules, what do you do? You've stalled the horde for a round, but they're starting to realize every time we poke this, the spears go through. Uh, and uh, they've now turned their attention back towards your ship. Another illusion might not stall them a turn. Uh, I start getting the ship. Well, I put Meepo down somewhere safe, and then so I you, start. You get onto the boat. Yeah, I get onto the boat. All right, you lay Meepo down. There's a goblin on here trying to stab Phil. Um, I think Phil's got it. You got this right, <laughs> Phil. And like Phil's got the anchor, and is like, it's like Phil is blocking scimitar blows. <laughs> Phil, do you need help? I dropped the anchor, and it would have landed on my foot, but my peg leg's there, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> Okay. All right. It looks like Phil's kind of not. Maybe he's a little out of sorts. So I'll I'll cast uh, Toll of the Dead on the. And the goblin the... got a four on his save. So go cool. ahead and damage him. He was wounded in the fight. Six damage. The goblin topples over. Now a corpse. His last thoughts being. It's not so bad to die part of this ship. Uh, <laughs> no. And as the goblin dies, <laughs> Celeste, uh, do you rush onto the boat and help? With uh, making ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Celeste, you hop onto the boat, grabbing that anchor, stowing it away, and pulling the uh, oars away, or like pulling the sail to drag it out towards sea. The boat's starting to move, but the tide is getting lower, so it's starting to wedge into the sand. Goblin hordes fast approaching. Somebody needs to give it a good shove. Speaking of which, Zell Nern. Uh, and I uh, try to give the boat the shove it needs so we All can right. get going. Zelnern dislodges it from the sand and shoves the boat forward as the goblin horde fast approaches. You climb on, rolling into it, and the boat begins drifting off, uh, the wind catching as arrows from the Bartiri goblins and the Lizardiri alike sail down onto the boat. I need everyone to make a DC... Uh, what is the goblins? Dex mod... We're going to need a DC uh, 12 dexterity saving throw to avoid a hail of arrows loosed by these goblins as you Ooh. sail out to bay. 13. I got a crit too. Got 14. I uh, failed that one. Thanks to Celeste's blessing, I they're like about to hit me, but they like part right wait, before they get there. Or something. Wait, Zelner, do you have that barbarian thing that you have advantage on dex saves you can see? Not. Not yet. Yet, I don't think. No. And heads up, I think bless doesn't actually apply to saving throws; just uh, ability it's, checks and attack it's rolls. Only attack rolls and saving throws. 
Oh, it, it is saving throws. It okay, does. it's guidance is ability checks. Cool. I have advantage well, on deck saving throws. Okay, let me. Oh no, against blinded, deaf, and or incapacitated. Oh no, that I can see. Well, I'm not that. Okay, let me roll again. I got it. Thank All right. You, uh, and so, yeah. uh, so Zelnern succeeds. It sounds like Phil and Rubert succeed. Jules, thanks to the uh, like earlier. Uh, Celeste gave you a tar- or like a Taroka reading that told you, oh, okay, I need to step to the left at that time, and you step to the left, and the arrow doesn't hit you <laughs> thanks to the bless. Um, meanwhile, oh uh, I up the stars. <laughs> Celeste, what did you roll? Keep looking. I got a fourteen. And you also I managed to avoid the worst. by the stars, baby. <laughs> now it's hard to avoid a hail of arrows, so you do still all take three uh, piercing damages. A few of them cut against you, weaken your plot armor, and dam- dent your actual armor. And uh, there's some holes in the sail. Meepo is not so lucky. Poor Meepo. Oh, He's fuck. so Meepo's unconscious, <laughs> meaning he automatically fails dexterity saving throws. So there's two arrows in Meepo's back. Uh, he is dying there on the ground once more. In fact, death and dying save for Meepo. He is not that terrible. Jules, as the boat shoves off, do you stabilize him? I do. I spare this poor dying little boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, you do not let Meepo die. You shove off with the boat, with a horde of Batiri goblins lurking behind you, and you get far enough out to the rocking sea that this uh, dinghy, the Naughty Dreams, doesn't seem to want to handle it. You can still see the three sisters quite clearly, and even the goblins running around on the beach, but you're not able to... uh, They're not able to reach you with even the most powerful of longbows. Uh, In fact, you see still... You see Dern kind of coming back from his screaming flight uh, and standing up on a rock looking off at you with a, uh, you can only assume, a uh, regretful, an angry, a bitter glare from on high as once more Dern is trapped on the third Arcanist. I give him a salute with my sword. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So the entrance, tide is going out. The entrance to the Sunless Citadel is somewhat barred. Uh, both by low tides and hordes of goblins. Within, it seems that the Lizardiri Bortiri uh, conflict is solved. What that means, it seems like Dern is not their chieftain anymore, and likely Yastrael has taken charge. You can assume that this means that the goblins have no issue getting control over Calcrix, uh, 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 their dragon, anymore, except for you have their dragon tamer, Meepo, in your possession. Uh, <laughs> They'll likely kill the dragon after it kills many of them um, and decide to just kill it rather than trying to maintain it. But that is a valuable piece of treasure sitting within this uh, within this sunless citadel for anyone who dares to steal it. A live young white dragon wormling, or a live white dragon wormling. As a crew, you find yourself bobbing at sea, beaten and wounded, and, realize, uh, and for at least a short rest out here. So you do get to spend hit dice and recover things that recovered a short rest. But as you sit here at sea and like tend the wounds and, you know, make sure to keep an eye on the third arcanist and the other three arcanists, um, you have to come to a decision. Do you want to delve back into the sunless citadel through this goblin horde in order to retrieve Calcrix, the uh, y- the white dragon wormling, which you then have to find a way to control a white dragon wormling long enough to sell it. That's a fun adventure right there. Or do you return back to Port Providence, meet with Gel in Prime Water, and trade him the uh, or fulfill your trade deal with the intent or in and accomplish the. Uh, getting the boat that you've been seeking, getting your own sailing ship that you get to name and upgrade and outfit as you see fit. I think we cut our losses and uh, take this this fruit and get our ship of our own. I'm tired of running these fruitless errands, pun intended, of course. <laughs> I want Auto the dragon. Order. <laughs> losses fruitless you have a panacea that can cure all diseases in your pocket and it has the ability with the seeds in it to grow new Golthias trees that'll grow panaceas and you took a boat or you got your boat still and you have a go- or a kobold who apparently thinks he knows how to tame dragons that's a that's a game 
I, so I'm saying we take cut our losses is not the turn of phrase to use. Let us use this very fruitful plunder and turn it into a bountiful gain. I don't know. What would you do, Meepo? Meepo's still unconscious. Let's not ask the kobold what he would do, because it's probably <laughs> cannibalize his people and scream. I look at Phil, and I'm like, Phil, you said you wouldn't leave the island without the dragon. Yeah, I don't... I'm conflicted. I don't think people want to do it, and it's just so tedious at this point. Um, he also said he was going to split the party and, you know, took yeah. the whip. So and- I wasn't asking you, Ruber. I'm asking Phil, because I look at... It's- I look at it's a small ship. So I ignore Rivera. If you want to roll yeah. it, you could convince me. Yeah, I want to try to convince <laughs> Phil to convince the team that we should go get the dragon. Oh, I really yes, want the most dragon. charismatic member of the team, Phil. Rubert, again, nobody's asking you your opinion. Oh, I know no one's asking. It's a very small ship, though, and I can hear everything. I don't well, care. I, I can't hear you over swinging your sword. Remember the day I spared your life. Come on. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> uh, I rolled a 19 plus whatever. Oh, Wait, what can I don't you... even know what I would r- we'd roll it against if it's just like some sort of contest. You this isn't a roll. against players. <laughs> whatever you decide is enough to convince you. Uh, I you could make it like a you can make it like a like a wisdom saving throw with a DC set by her persuasion. I don't know. Let's hire low it. I can we just, you know, we'll get our new boat. We'll come back. Did you see that berth? Easy access. You know, we could get a long read. I, I've done something like this before. I swear. It'll all work out. You've stolen a dragon before? <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> where's the dragon? <laughs> Is it around I mean, us? Naturally. And where's his crew? <laughs> we split the party there. there. I the don't dragon. care. <laughs> it's hard to explain. All right, let's go back for now, but I'm completely open to coming back here. I've I've done something like this before quite a few times and I from my experience um usually you want to keep your eye on the prize you came for and most of my most of the biggest problems I've run into are when I've been trying to uh you know bite off more than I could chew. So maybe we should just call it for now and you know, we got what we came for. Yeah, and where's your crew, Jules? Huh? Hmm, exactly. So let us. I'm sorry. Where's your crew? I'm agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah, Ruber. Ruber, where is your crew yeah. at? They're in this boat right now. No, I, don't, I don't see no, what I you're think... saying. I don't see anyone that's in your crew. I think they're marooned dead at the bottom of the weird kelp, if I know correctly. You know, I know someone at Pestilence that could probably tell me a thing or two about it, but, you know, we really haven't had a conversation about that yet. So. Maybe if you respect me a little bit, I'll tell you something. Phil has a hat, so all I'm saying. I I take my hat out and put it on. (laughs) That's a nice hat. Okay. We have, obviously, (laughs) tensions are running a little bit high. You know what? Gellin Primewater gave me this hat. He said, you are fit to be a captain. I don't recall that conversation. Uh, <laughs> is how it went. Yeah, is that we a had hat or is that a cap? Do that all the time. You know what? Actually, I would love to hear from Zelnern in this moment. I was just enjoying watching you guys squabble between each other. This is why I was saying we needed to take a rest. Everyone <laughs> is just a little too strung up. Everyone needs to sleep. And then we can discuss this tomorrow. Uh, Zelnern, that is very wise. Let us all just... Yes, we we have done more today than perhaps in any day in our entire lives. So let us just... Let us just sorry, simmer what down. about the mutinies? Like double mutiny we did in a day. That was kind of a lot. I was speaking in hyper... Bollock language, Celeste. You don't have to be at my throat with everything I say. You don't have to be at my throat with everything I say. Oh, dude, thank you. Thank you for proving my point. Is Celeste like the youngest of five siblings? Is that what we should interpret that as? <laughs> Oldest, actually. Oh, man, it doesn't show. <laughs> All right, let's take a short rest and just like. 
count our blessings that we didn't all die. Yeah, here, let me just sail y'all back. I know how to sail, by the way, too. I turned my hat a little bit. <laughs> I also have proficiency in vehicles, C. Um, That's a weird so way you... to talk, Rubert. But are you okay? <laughs> I know it's been a long day, but if you need to rest. Yeah, first he was Rube. saying DC, now he's saying this. Like, what? what's up with him today? <laughs> Through a combination of rowing to fight against the hard uh, like waves that stand between the three Arcanists and the uh, Port Providence, uh, with a combination of rowing and clever sail work, uh, you weave, weave the naughty dreams back to harbor uh, in the uh, in that in the Bay of Port Providence. Again, as you enter into this uh, port city, you see the. Uh, the military fort on the upper cliff on the northern side as you enter the port that's still halfway under renovations those renovations were paused um but is a clear sign that the uh empire is looking at expanding its control and presence here making port providence no longer the free port that you want it to be you row past several merchant ships that you can tell with your pirate eyes are have holes bursting with uh, treasure being sent out south all the way to the uh, uh, to the Ancienne Chapelle to trade for rare spices and furs and pelts from their thunder lizards. Um, and you can tell what value and bounty lies within these merchant ships. You pass by them and pull to birth. During this uh, rowing and riding home, uh, Jules and uh, Celeste, do either of you have the identify ritual? Uh, I do, yeah. I do not. So, Jules, it takes several hours to get home. You're getting in at, like, sundown. And so, Jules, you're able to identify both the wand you found, found, found and the sword. The wand is a wand of magic missiles. It's of human make, but no, uh, Erin seems to be from made from deep within the uh, empire. Uh, it doesn't have any particular origin of note, but it seems to be more a standard piece of like war gear sent by uh, imp- or provided by imperial mage or for imperial mages. The wand of magic missiles. Uh, has seven charges, and while holding it, you can use an action to expend one or more of its charges to cast the magic missile spell from it. For one charge, you cast the first level version of the spell. You can increase the spell slot level by one for each additional charge you expend. Uh, the wand regains 1d6 plus one expended charges daily at dawn, and if you expend the last charge, roll a d20 on a one, the wand crumbles into ash and is destroyed. For reference, the spell Magic Missile uh, at first level, so if you spend just one charge, uh, creates uh, three glowing darts of magical force, each of which automatically hit and damage their targets, um, which and dealing 1d4 plus one force damage. Uh, for each spell slot above the first level that you uh, use to cast this uh, spell, this spell creates one more dart. So that means basically the Wand of Magic Missile can create seven bursts of three, or you can do three plus however many additional charges you spend. Theoretically, you could in one action dump this for uh, was that nine Magic Missiles, automatically dealing 94 plus nine to a target with no chance of save or defense, unless, of course, the target casts the Shield spell, which immunizes you to Magic Missile. Uh, that item does not require attunement, so anyone could use it. Um, the other item you find is the sword, or that you found was the sword Shatter Spike. Now, Shatter Spike does hold a uh, bit of important heraldry to it. Um, Shatter Spike is a uh, is the familial blade of Sir Bradford, um, the knight who was enthralled who you slew. Or I guess was already dead, but you uh, sealed his fate. Uh, that knight, Sir Bradford, is the uh, or is part of a noble line um, out of a, uh, a city to the south that has influence here. It's technically the capital city of Port Providence, or of the uh, it's the capital city of the people who founded Port Providence. But there's not really a lot of governmental ties uh, to them anymore. It's a powerful noble family, and returning the blade to 
that family would surely win good respect and be a good sign of honorable character. However, if you were to keep Shatter Spike for yourself, you would be uh, made happy to discover that Shatter Spike is a magical longsword, granting plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it, uh, and it has a special feature where on a critical, it does a thing, and I need to find that real quick. On a critical, that's right, on a critical, there we are. Uh, so it's a plus one magic uh, longsword that does require attunement, adds plus one to attack and damage rolls. Um, if it hits an object, the, uh, the attack is automatically a crit, that's what it is, and it can deal bludgeoning or slashing damage to the object, your choice. Further damage from non-magical sources can't harm this weapon. So basically, Shatter Spike is great for blowing up doors and uh, breaking objects, shattering other people's weapons, even if you choose to attack their weapon instead of attacking the person. Um, and then it is a plus one magic longsword on top of that. So how do you uh, allocate these two items? Because obviously, you guys are of good noble souls, so you're going to return Shatter Spike to Sir Bradford's family, right? Of course. <laughs> no, we're keeping it for ourselves, Zellner, and you should you you should wield Shatter Spike. Hey, uh, well, uh, yeah, I identified these items wrong. that we. Well, I just I am a pirate now, so I've got to get used to it. Wait, wait, wait! Jules found it. Let him speak first. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, sorry. I was just gonna say I identified these these uh, items that we found and. Um, <laughs> Oh, sorry. I found. Um, and, uh, you know, you were just saying that I, I'm i not contributing very much to combat. And this, uh, this wand would let me shoot out some, you know, some good damage. So maybe I should keep that one. And, aye, uh, aye. Yeah, I mean, I don't really use a sword anymore. Maybe one day, but who's who likes swords? I mean, I love swords, but the long sword is not really my style. You can't really flourish it about and do tricks with it. I mean, I can use a sword, but my my dwarven family gave me this axe. I like my axe. You can still have the axe, but with a long sword, you could use a shield and even bolster your shell further. Mm, double. Double shell. Hold on to it and break doors and stuff. You know, situational. Okay, you're right. More, more options. That way we can think things through with more possibilities. Yeah, I like Zelnar and having the sword. It makes me, it gives me comfort to knowing he has it. All right, so who gets Meepo? <laughs> wait, wait. We are not trading in people. We are Meepo not... is he's still unconscious. We we do not trade lives. I think Meepo should stay his own because we're going to need him for that dragon. So let I'm him recover. Shake him a little bit to wake him up. Yeah, he is a very he is a very loyal member of our crew and should be uh, treated as such. By the time you dock, uh, Jules is shaking uh, Meepo awake. You hop out to uh, you hop out to tie off the boat. And uh, the sun is setting. Meepo bruised and bloodied and his lungs hurting and having had a traumatizing day looks at the city around him and says, What? Where is Meepo? What? Is this heaven? It's not heaven. Meepo, I know this is going to be a little overwhelming, um, but just take it slow. And we've got your back, okay? We're we're your crew. Meepo looks around and says, This? Oh, is this Port Providence? Yes. Meepo's kind not allowed in Port Providence. Well, that could be a problem. Maybe we disguise you as someone. Um, Why don't you cast Finer Illusion on him? Is there a barrel? Let's go get a barrel. <laughs> Two different you ways see to a, solve uh, the problem. You see a dock hand walking by, like a young boy stops, looks at Meepo, and says, 
Ah, lizard folk monster! And runs off down the dock. Not with the intent to like call guard or anything, but it's very clear immediately this child thought that was a, a small lizard folk. No you, running on the dock. <laughs> you recall you recall hearing that uh, the northern half of, of Providence Isle, this island on which Port Providence is based, uh, is a vast bayou uh, that is the domain of the lizard folk tribes uh, that have very little to no interaction with the people of Port Providence. And those interactions they have are mostly border skirmishes as uh, Port Providence tries to expand its uh, farms and plantations into the deeper bayou or the uh, lizard folk hunt up river, uh, stealing livestock away from the uh, farmers of Port Providence. So it is distinctly a hostile, but not uh, at war relationship. And there's no communication between the lizard folk and the uh, people of Port Providence. Oh, I got an idea. Hey, I, I pulled the net out of my, my bag of holding. Like, Meepo, I'm going to carry you in this net, and I'm going to tell everyone that you're my prisoner. Just go with it. Okay. Meepo nods and says, Of course, Meepo's your slave and prisoner, so Meepo okay. gets in the net if you want Meepo oh, in the net. Yeah. All right, Meepo, Meepo, just to assume character, just don't yes, say it. Just don't say anything. Let us do the talking. When we get on the new ship, I'll let you know what's going on. Meepo apologizes for uh, speaking and uh, crawls into the net, and you realize that it's probably not the first time that. Somebody <laughs> abusing Meepo has made him uh, crawl into a net. Is there Aww. is there like an, an a compartment or something in this boat in that the he naughty can hide dreams. in the naughty dreams? No, uh, Jules, I got an idea. I'm gonna all right. I'm gonna let you guys in my on my big plan. I got big plans. So when we turn over the panacea, I'm gonna tell Gallon Prime Water that this guy knows where it needs to be planted, and I'm gonna upcharge him. You know. That he doesn't know where to plant it unless but I tell him. So. What happens when he pays us and he wants then to we know get more money? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Meepo, do you know how to plant this thing? No, we, we know. It's like it, <laughs> we you know, just we can't plant it. it. Yeah, you just can't plant it here. So, oh, bargaining really chip. Hold Meepo. Meepo, don't repeat that. Um, Jules, you asked if there's like a secret compartment or anything on the ship. And actually, that feels like a thing that Phil would have sought out on your ride back. Phil, make an investigation check. But do I tell him? You might not have shared. (laughs) Oh, I actually did not do good. I got a six. Uh, Phil, you did not discover if there is or is not a uh, secret uh, storage compartment anywhere on the ship on your way back. So you've arrived at Port Providence. You've climbed out of the naughty maid, naughty maid, naughty dream. And, oh. uh, you've sealed, you, you've <laughs> okay. batted down all the hatches. You've, uh, done other ship security things. I assume you lock the rudder. I don't know how you secure a ship. I think it's just whoever walks up to this next gets to take it. And, uh, you step off the boat onto the dock and you look at Port Providence as the sun sets over it. Chaotic Normies, it's your friend Ryan who plays Rubert Graysand on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. Thanks for listening once again. Rate and review, share with your friends, call to action, everything like that. Not a lot to share this week. Um, it is the week of Thanksgiving as we release this, so um, if you celebrate, if you're in the United States or anywhere if you're giving thanks somewhere um happy thanksgiving and um yeah here's a oh here's an idea at the thanksgiving table how about you just make everyone shut up you pull out your ipod your ipad if you you know playing some holiday music on the speakers just um turn that shit off and um connect this episode to it and make everyone gather around because it's 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 good old-fashioned pirate fun for the whole family but no, don't actually do that, because that would 
be weird. Um, anyway, I'll talk to y'all next week. I hope, I think, I don't know, it's going to be a crazy weekend, and I hope I have enough time to edit. If not, I will let all you know. So, until I talk to you again, buh bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.